Hello, Bitcoiners. My name is Ansel Lindner, and this is Bitcoin and Markets. On this show, we honestly explore Bitcoin to the best of our ability. We take a look at stats, metrics, the tech, and the economics behind it all. My goal is to stay ahead of the curve and to take you along with me. Thanks for joining me. Let's go. Welcome back, Bitcoiners. What a week. Holy pump. Man, this thing got away from us pretty quick, didn't it? So, yes, we did have a nice big pump this week. We'll talk about that. And then I have some news items uh, that are very interesting. They're not... I mean, I guess you could say there are some conspiracy theories in there. But, you know, you got to look at everything with a clear mind and see what's going on. All right, let's start with, of course... We will start with the price. <laughs> so if you guys get the fundamentals report, that's my weekly report that you can sign up for. It's free and you'll get all my charts. Okay. Everything that I talk about here. So let's take a look at this price. We had a channel, nice channel built up uh, all the way. The entire March basically was this uh, upwards trending channel and we got up to the previous like resistance for the entire year that has been serving as resistance and we broke up out of that um, i was expecting to not quite break up out of that yet if you guys listen to my last couple weeks i was saying that the middle of april was when i was expecting this kind of move all right and we got it quite a bit earlier than i was expecting but anyways yeah, we went all the way from 4,000 up to 5,000. And right now on Bitstamp, we're sitting at $5,041. Also, I'd like to mention that Bitstamps, they're the number two volume exchange right now. Binance is, is sitting the last 24 hours at $270 million worth of Bitcoin traded. And Bitstamp is number two at 83. Coinbase is number three. So this is interesting. I'm using BitcoinTradeVolume.com and that's going off of the, uh, you know, Bitwise data that came out. This website is tracking all of the quote unquote real volume out there for Bitcoin. So it's, it's pretty interesting. And I have another story related to that coming up a little bit later. Anyway, let's get back into price. So we, we ran up against some resistance. If you look at, if you go back to when would that be? Back into November when we had that big crash from 6,000 down to 3,000, we had this little hiccup in the chart. You know, it kind of stopped and then it continued. And at that little break in the big fall, that's where we wicked up to this time. It's kind of expected to run quickly through this area because if you look back in November, you have those big red candles. And even though there was a lot of volume on those individual days, there's not a lot of um, volume per price, right? So those big candles uh, are almost like a gap in the chart. And so that's why some people were saying when we broke 4,200, we were going to run all the way up to 4,800 or to 5,000 because there wasn't a lot of volume resistance um, from back in November. But this was a pretty big surprise, and now bulls are back. Bulls are definitely back. And I a lot of people are getting FOMO. I saw some people, you know, when it was at 5,200, 
people are talking about buying again and all this stuff. I mean, why weren't these people buying down at 3200 I mean, they're going to FOMO right now, and we're, we're probably going to check the this big green candle. So I think we're going to probably come down, uh, back down to at least 4200 before we make the uh, final breakout above 6000 So we could kind of go up and test 6000 but I don't think that that's very likely in the near very near term. I think this is not a fake out. This is definitely a mark of the beginning of the bull market, but we still have more significant pullbacks to come. That's my opinion here. I'm going to link in the show notes a YouTube channel. His name is Carl. The YouTube channel is The Moon. Uh, really good balanced perspective. And he kind of details out exactly what I've been thinking for a while. And it's matched up really well. So, and he does a good job with the visuals on, on his video. So uh, check that out in the show notes. All right, let's take a look at sentiment. Big, big green candle. And we had a little pop in the longs, uh, but nothing super significant. All right, the totals for longs plus shorts. So all of these uh, sentiment contracts that I'm measuring here on Bitfinex, um, we are not even back to February levels. Okay, so it might feel very bullish. And a lot of people that have been waiting all bull market for some really big green candle and a higher high, finally, uh, we got that, but not quite. It's not quite there. We still got to build up some more uh, fundamental backing to this. So uh, the ratio right now is sitting at 1.2. That's longs to shorts. And the total, let's see, is uh, right at 46,000. So we got a ways to go. I mean, shorts are being added, not quite as long, not quite as fast as longs, but the actual sentiment out there, even though it feels bullish on Twitter, the actual sentiment is not matching. Okay. So that's what I have to say about sentiment. All right. Let's get into futures. Uh, I'm kind of going away from talking so much about futures, but we have a really big development here in the futures market. And this is centered around the CME. Remember that I said Binance had $270 million worth of volume in the last 24 hours? Well, the CME has $560 million worth of volume. Double, almost double any Bitcoin exchange. And total, it, it's taking up a very big chunk of the total. This is a pretty big development. This happened just in the last, uh, let's see, just this month. So on the 2nd of April... Uh, they went, for, oh, on the 1st of April, let me say this, there was 2,100 in uh, contracts traded. April 2nd, it went up to 12,000. And then April 3rd, 17,000. And finally, yesterday, the, the 4th of April, it was at 22.5 thousand contracts traded. That's like a 900% increase in three days. What I think, <laughs> where I'm going to get into a little conspiracy land, is this is very interesting timing. Yes, the price pumped. And this was the first kind of like higher high that we've had since CME has been around even, right? Because uh, throughout this whole bear market, we've had lower highs. And now we have a higher high, and that could be triggering some of these this this more volume. But what I think is interesting is CME now is the largest exchange in Bitcoin. All right. And 
it comes right after this bitwise stuff talking about the volume of Bitcoin. So now that they've kind of cleared the deck of the fake volume numbers, now they can pump the CME numbers and maybe there's some fishy stuff going on. I mean, there's a, it's very coincidental that these things are happening all at the same time. Just a week after the bitwise fake volume data comes out, the price pumps like this. I mean, I'm not saying they're connected. I'm saying that these things are happening at the same time or roughly following each other. And it's just interesting. And there's a possibility there. Has this time been picked as the time? Or is this just what happens on with TA? With CME new volume added into this mix? I don't know. It just, it, I get a funny feeling about it. I probably there's nothing there, but I just want to bring it up. What do you guys think? Holler at me on Twitter. <laughs> Get on the Discord. We're going to be talking about this on Discord for sure. All right. What's next? Let's talk a little altcoins. <laughs> so we've seen some really interesting moves here. Litecoin continues to outperform like I've been saying. I've been saying they're going to continue to outperform until my guess is roughly in July. So right now on the year, let's go year to date. Litecoin is up 111% against Bitcoin. EOS is trying to keep up here, still 52% ahead of Bitcoin this year. That's what they were last week, I believe, as well. And Ethereum is falling further behind. Okay, They're not able to match this pump. And this pump that we've had and the CME volume does go along with what I've been talking about. When these big-time investors come in, they're going to be looking at Bitcoin. Maybe 5% will be looking at Ethereum. But with some new SEC guidance that's come out recently, Ethereum is more dangerous, in my opinion, to be investing in because they're probably an illegal security. But they're not able to keep up with Bitcoin at this point. Ethereum on the year is down another 10% against Bitcoin, almost 11%. Ripple just falling off the map here. They got all the way down to uh, being down 11% or sorry, uh, being down 30% against Bitcoin this year. Now they're back up. They're kind of making a little push here in the last couple days, uh, but they're still down 24% against Bitcoin on the year. And I'm, th those are the, the four I'm looking at because those are kind of my top four. There are other ones. I mean, there are people talking about Bcash pump. This is, I think... People are seeing the big Bitcoin pump and then they go and find Bitcoin.com that fraudulently steer them towards Bcash. And so, of course, Bcash, and it's such an illiquid market. I think there's like maybe $20 million a day total traded in Bcash. Some noobs come in and they might double that volume. Of course, the price is going to pump, but that, that's not going to last very long. I don't think Bcash is going away anytime soon, but this pump is not going to be long lived because these new uh, people that bought, you know, if, if the price does check here a little bit, they're going to be like, what the, I thought I had Bitcoin and now the Bcash, what is this other coin that I have? I don't understand. And they're going to dump it. Bcash, I mean, they could benefit further like at other times because there's going to be a lot of noobs coming in over the next year, and they're going to be continually fooled by uh, Bitcoin.com and Bitcoin Satan, Roger Ver. 
But I don't think it's going to continue the pump. I think it's going to be very volatile. And then eventually it'll just fade away. A year from now, it's just going to fucking fade away. All right. That's it for altcoins. Let's talk about a little lightning. Lightning growth has slowed down a little bit. We have the number of nodes sitting at 7825. That's a 10% increase in the last 30 days. The number of channels, however, is continuing at about 20% over the last 30 days. So it's up to almost 40,000 channels. And the number of Bitcoins uh, over the last 30 days, it's up 43%, but that is a little bit misrepresenting what's what happened. We had a pretty significant uh, surge in the amount of Bitcoins less than 30 days ago, and it's been flat for roughly a week or two. So uh, it's about 1,070 Bitcoins right now. The number of Bitcoins has stayed the same, but the value in the Lightning Network continues to grow with the value of the Bitcoin, right? So a thousand Bitcoins two weeks ago might have been, what, uh, three to four million, and now it's five to six million, even though it's the same amount of Bitcoin. So uh, that is the total dollar value in the Lightning Network continues to grow. That's the dollar capacity. Um, the Bitcoin capacity has been flat over the last week or two. Anyway, all right, I hope I said that well. <laughs> All right, and lightning nodes or lightning news. I wanted to pump Pierre Rochard's new thing here. It's lightningpowerusers.com, and you can request inbound capacity. Okay, so they will open a channel with you uh, with the capacity on their end of the channel because the way lightning channels work. So remember, Lightning Network is this layer two uh, of Bitcoin. And it is created by transactions. And these transactions just aren't confirmed yet. So you pass around these unconfirmed transactions in a web. And they all have balances on each side. So I will open a transaction with you. And the channel will have most of the capacity on my side. Or all of it, right? Your balance on your side of the channel will be zero. Mine will be, say, uh, a million Satoshis or something like that. Then when I want to send money, I can send some of those million Satoshis to your side of the channel, and then you send them on to the next one and on to the next one. But if I want to receive through that channel, right, someone wants to pay me, you have a zero balance on that channel. So I can't receive on the Lightning Network through that channel. That's a problem. So there's efforts out there to, if I open a channel with you, you open a channel with me. Pierre Rochard has been doing some really great work here with lightningpowerusers.com where you can request inbound capacity. Very cool idea. Check it out. All right, next thing we want to talk about is mining. So uh, my typical source that I use, if you guys have uh, followed my sources that I link to, then you'll see that it's been down for a week. And uh, this is done off SEPA. That's where the original data comes from and I don't know if his note is down or, or what right now this happens about once a year uh, anyway so I have this backup source and I will link that in the show notes too but uh, it looks like the next difficulty adjustment is about a day away about roughly 24 hours away and it's estimated to be a 0.6 percent increase in difficulty so even with this big price surge, we're not seeing a big increase in hash rate. 
This is interesting because over the last few price surges, we saw a corresponding hash rate surge before the price surge. And this happened this time as well. So we had that hash rate increase with the 5% retarget of the difficulty last time. And then this time it looks even. The hash rate is preceding the price, which I think is kind of interesting right now. So uh, I've been watching this and I will report any other findings <laughs> that I have. All right. Let's get on to the, new, the other news items that I have. So I covered a lot of those news items within the stories there. I covered the CME. Um, I covered the Lightning Power users. And this one I wanted to cover too is the, there was a tweet by CN Ledger. And they said that Bitcoin is trending in China. It is in the hottest keywords section. And they even have a screenshot of it. So that's kind of cool. Uh, this is a big deal. So Bitcoin is having a big surge in China. Also, Google Trends this week is showing a big surge in the interest uh, for Bitcoin. But this it, it's not trending. It's not trending in America, but it is trending in China. So is China in worse shape than we thought? I don't know. I think probably. I mean, everybody is in this big debt bubble Right, we hear a lot about how uh, the Japanese uh, debt to GDP is over two hundred percent, but we don't hear a lot about China. China's debt to GDP is also over two hundred percent. And I link, I'm going to link to these four kind of stories that I've found over the last few days that um, kind of show how China's economy is actually in deep trouble. So the first one is about the trade war and how China is trying to have a conciliatory stance right now because this this trade war can is is causing a lot of problems on both sides of the Pacific. The next one is from investmenteurope.net and it's an opinion piece but it's on Chinese debt and you can see there's lots of nice colorful charts in there so you can check that out. Um, the next one is from the South China Morning Post. I tried not to use any uh, U.S.-based sources, but this one is talking about how Xi Jinping, the premier of China, is he's really gone out there and said, hey, look, we don't want uh, confrontation with the U.S. This is just a misunderstanding. You know, we're working towards this. So they are trying to keep things cooled off. I think maybe they feel the heat from their own economy kind of crashing um, on, behind the scenes. And so they're trying to be conciliatory versus, you know, really pushing this and advancing with more stuff in the South China Sea or something like that. Right. So they are uh, kind of changing their stance here a little bit. And another one from the South China Morning Post is about their lending. So um, Beijing has come out and said that the Chinese companies or the Chinese big banks should be lending to business and not to individuals. The reason why is because they want to kind of slow down the bubble in real estate and pump up another economic bubble, but uh, it's they're not having very much success. Most of the loans are still going to individuals over there and not so much to businesses. They're, they're seeing a slowdown in demand from businesses, more so than individuals. That's another interesting one for you guys. 
All right, that's all I have for today. Thank you for joining me. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support the show, go to bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash support. Join us on the Discord. Link is in the show notes. That's it. Peace. <laughs>